Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else. Welcome to the playoffs edition of Euphoria. I am Quickshot, joined by Kidril and Nyamira. Uh, you'll obviously notice Dracos is not here. Uh, he's not well at the moment, so I hope he gets soon better. I miss uh, you. Gets soon better. Wow, you can tell I'm a bit nervous and anxious for this. Uh, definitely <laughs> not a podcaster, but very excited to be here. Very excited to talk about, first of all, um, wrapping up week eight. It's been a little while since we've all been here and chatted. Then we're going to look ahead to playoffs, talk about each of the teams, talk about the matchups, and give you some spicy predictions. And before we jump into it, it's been a couple of weeks since mm. we've been together. You, you missed something, Trevor, on the, on the, on the podcast land. you got to say we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Oh, how well could done. you? you, see, no, I, how could you? Do you know what the worst part is? It's on the script in front of me, and I didn't read it. I am so out of practice. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm going to change the the, uh, uh, the topic very briefly. Happy birthday. Thank you. You got a tattoo. How was yeah. your break? Uh, it was good. So my birthday, I started streaming. I'm doing a subathon. I'm still going. The stream's currently on at home right now. <laughs> I'm sitting in the Euphoria podcast, but uh, it's currently streaming G2RNG 2018. It's been babysat. That is amazing. Uh, and I'll get back and continue. Um, show off the tattoo as um, a fellow tattooed person. Very, very impressed. It yeah, it's got a lot of things. The small things, like there's a little bit of Morse code up here that says Cadrill, which is cool. Oh, that's really cool. Um, there's, that a, is there's a Halo logo, which was one of my uh, favorite games ever. There's just a balance between like life and time and things like this. That's it's very really deep. cool. I think the cool thing about the, the, the to my tattoo, I think, is like it's open to interpretation. You, yes. When you look at it, you can think of whatever it's you want. Also, as, as somebody that has a lot of tattoos, tattoos just have to have meaning to you because you're the one yeah. that lives with mm. them. I have Orabesh, which is the Star Wars language from Coruscant, written yeah. around an Imperial logo. So you that know, sounds I've got dope some pretty nerdy, nerdy, nerdy and, and I have and I have no tattoos. <laughs> um, Alex, how was your break? Uh, it wasn't really a break. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every time I schedule in some free time, it gets eaten up by various things. NLC is still happening. Uh, I had a five-game series happen over there, which is really cool. Yes. Uh, so that's yeah, I tuned in once, and XL Academy team got knocked out when they were supposed to win the whole that, league. That's, and that's the, the one thing. What, what yeah. the hell happened there? Uh, strange things happened where they uh, so were locked into top two, and then they weren't because of the results in the last the last week. So they were like so close to clinching it, and then they... Uh, Got knocked out in the first round. So NLC are trendsetters. I've there been seeing a lot of the picks that NLC are running being copied by the LCK. So I mean, just blatant so, copying. So when you, you see know? Nuke Duck doing weird stuff, it's actually because MS and their academy team it. is doing it. I first. love it. <laughs> okay, let's bring us back. Of course, um, I want to start by just rounding out week eight. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to cast week eight. Somebody close to me uh, tested positive for COVID and I was showing symptoms. So I'm gutted mm -hmm. because the weekend was like incredible. Um, the first game. SK needed to win that to to keep all of our like playoff chances, the the foldy sheet opportunities alive. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. There's no yeah. way it should happen, uh, but it did. It this, the entire thing could have ended in one game with just you Legit. know SK losing to Rogue. But that's of course because I think by that point Excel had not locked yet. Mad and Vitality were still fighting for the final slots, right? Yeah, and so that was, was also up and for, top two yeah. up for grabs, right? Yeah, top two was up for grabs as well. But yeah, SK beat Rogue, so that kept them alive in the playoffs race. Mad beat Vitality. XL lost to G2. So day one, no one was locked. Then you go to day two, XL beat SK. They're locked. Great. But then Mad won and Vitality lost again. So now there's a, a tie almost kind of yep. like where if Mad win, it's over. But luckily for Vitality, they had Astralis in the last in the last day of the week. Um, they won that then, game. The early game got a bit weird. It's so funny game, as well. But... Luckily for them, Astralis, yeah. the, the the only wins they've picked up in the most yeah. recent. Yeah. Based on how the it's games true. are played, you you do but... like on paper, yes, lucky. But based on results, you panic a little. And but... I think the sad reality is like Mad won their game against BDS. Which and and then it kind of sealed the deal, right? They had no, a yeah, yeah. Mad beat BDS after they were already knocked out, so yeah. they were eight to ten. So if Vitality had lost that game, they were in. Yep. So it's a bit bittersweet. <laughs> but obviously, so I was sat there on day one watching, because I knew I was going to be casting on day two, thinking, 
oh my gosh, these games are going to mean absolutely nothing. Completely bombed out on this one. So I sat there with Ashin, uh, who obviously uh, came in, and we were just so happy that day one went the way it did with all the upsets because it gave us some great games. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How it's always like the LEC always delivers. You know, you look at other Somehow. regions about playoffs. <laughs> I mean, the LCK is a bit of an exception this time when they had a tiebreaker on Sunday for like a seeding in playoffs. But we always have that one last day to decide Everything. What was, what every was that split. thing? I, do you know? I'm I'm trying to remember. For a few seasons now, it comes down to like Super Week. Comes on eight weeks of games. You know, every team's playing 16, 17, 18. Got that hashtag. Um, hashtag every game. Every game. Every game. Ca- count. Match every count. game counts. Yeah, and it's it, crazy. It really did. <laughs> once again, the bigger thing for me was that when you looked at how those games played out, it it almost created more questions than gave me answers. It's true, because Fair Rogue reason. lost to SK. Yes. And then it was just like, Misfits beat Fnatic, who Fnatic just threw the entire game. Yes. And then G2 was playing against Rogue, but then Rogue beat G2, but Vitality Rogue lost, lost a bunch more games once again. Like, this was supposed to be the swan song. When I looked at Week 8, mm. I was expecting a Vitality 3-0, I added like a profound stomp, like, we belong in playoffs, and we're here to play. Yeah. I did not get that from that team. So, like, nope. it, it, it really opens the door to the conversation yeah. we're going to have later about these teams' performances and expectations um, and, you know, what can we glean, if anything? And Vitality particularly- are confident. <laughs> they came into, like, that week and they just picked something they picked in week one or something, didn't they? They just yeah. blasted out the Yasuo Dino oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is crazy. That You would think that after eight weeks of practice, you know, they found something, you know? Yeah. But week one, they play against it, against Mad Lions, funny enough, who they then played against Mad Lions week eight and picked the same thing from week one, which is just, I don't know. It's, bro- it's bold. It's yeah, bold. It's bold. It's bold. You, you look at, you look at personal. S- you look at SK and Matt as well, who are really kind of like the primary uh, suspects in why this week was so weird. They really stepped up. And Mad Lions came out with that 3-0. Yes, one of them was against Astralis. Another one was against BDS. They are lower tier teams. Yeah. But them to step up to the plate and say, you know, we're the still in The way that they played those games was great to SK see. SK getting that but, first upset and then, of course, yeah. upsetting Misfit in last, the Misfits in the last uh, day of the split too. Like it, it showed that kind of we don't have this cliff edge of playoffs and then not playoffs. It was actually very close across the board. Yeah, but I do think I think we've got our six teams. I think these are the right Agreed. six teams for playoffs. Yep. Um Agreed. like nothing to take when away. When you from, look like, at the big picture as well, right? Over the picture. course of multiple weeks. Nothing to take away like against like SK and, and Mad. But if they had made it over Vitality and Excel, I think the playoffs might be weaker overall in the long yeah. term. Um I think we've got solid teams here. You've got you've got almost like title holders in every team. You know, XL have Mickey, Vitality have perks. Rogue have, you know, no one just yet. I think yep. they're going to get it. Correct. But they're still our first place team, Correct. right? Um, Again. Similarly. Yeah. But G2 and Fnatic, Somehow, of course, like, there's a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Europe's in this kind of phase where a lot of players are going from top teams to other teams. You know, G2 is disbanded. The 2019 G2 is like gone to G2 versus itself. Fnatic. And who do you even look at? Like, yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You've it's spread the, all the Dragon it's Balls the, it's the all around. problem. We're like, okay, okay. Pause, 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 pause. Before we go on, before we go on. I believe that we need to do the Euphoria Week 8 MVP. Yep. And as this is your cool. show, yep. uh, you get the honors. So, so it's funny because normally I have Dracos's and then we have a discussion, you know, his, his opinion will kind of matter. Yeah. Or we have a guest. That's ge- his problem. He's yeah. not here. He doesn't or we get have to a guest who's like swaying the vote. It's like, well, I say, you know, I think I think Mal ranks you at an upset. It's like, hmm, Russ or... Okay, yeah. okay. So the question <laughs> is then, as this is your show and we are your guests... Are you going to have a discussion? No, oh, okay. no it's okay. unanimous vote. It's El Yoya. He wins. He wins. Even though it's bittersweet because he was knocked out of playoffs, I think El Yoya was still a top tier jungler. Uh, I mean, he was our best jungler last year. I still think even though they finished like seventh or eighth now, seventh, I believe, 
He's yeah, still seventh. Uh, Madline yeah. seventh, eight and ten. He's still yeah. easily a top four jungler in the league right now. Um, I mean, the last week he played like Poppy into that vitality, Madman composition, game. had yeah. a great game. He finally facilitated again. He's yeah. been kind of like struggling to fill that role. Last pick as well. Yeah. Give last pick to Elioia. The Viego game was fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Madline's went three or across the board. Elioia was a big factor as well for that. I think Unforgiven was too. Rieger got three games of TF, which I mean. It's kind of like putting like a plaster on the wound, you know. We got <laughs> yeah. TF, oh, it's fixed. <laughs> Eventually that plaster will fall off if it's banned. But it wasn't. Three games in a row he takes those. Um, so yeah, Elioia. Okay, there you go. Week Elio. 8, um, MVP. I'll give you a second to think about it. Uh, do you... Can you Euphoria. give Dracos any work for like, uh, you know, Euphoria MVPs for playoffs weeks or how's yeah, that going to yeah. work? I think we should do them. I think we should do them every bracket. Every, every bracket. Every bracket should someone okay. should so get round round Well, look, whatever you yeah. decide is law because he's not here and I was put in his seat. Mm. Uh, and also uh, when it comes to the um, XL bet, as soon as uh, Dracos is better, he will deliver on that. And um, we spoke about this before off air. Um, he has to write a song. He has to write a song. I think he's got it written. He's going to start singing it for us. I think there's going to be some like cameos of Mickey playing the piano, maybe, or me in the background <laughs> doing like a little dance or something. That sounds awful. Um, yeah, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be scuffed as hell, but that's the funny part. But the funny thing about this bet was we made it before Mickey joined Excel, and I said they were going to make playoffs with VN. Luckily for me, Mickey came in like the hero I need but don't deserve with a Superman cape on. And he was like, I won't let you sing a song. It's actually Batman, but I'll, I'll help you with the nerd stuff. I'll keep, okay. you, I'll keep you down with the kids. <laughs> hey, well, it's funny because I watched Batman a couple of weeks ago with... Um, <laughs> How do you not know the I Robert Pattinson I've gone around yeah. to that. Robert, Robert Pattinson. What was a good yeah. film? Have you seen yeah. the Batman? Not yet. Not yet. Very long. Sure, yeah. I think three it's three hours. hours. Yeah, I've, I've heard. But that doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, things. I'm into it. Okay, the let's worst turn... part is going to the bathroom is a... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on that note, since we've been talking about impactful players, let's turn our attention to All Pro. Uh, we're going to take a look at the first All Pro team, then take a look second and third. Let's, let's start like just like, gut reactions. Nymeria, I mean, All Pro 1, when you look Rogue up, you know, Rogue top, Fnatic mm. bot, and V2 mid. So I, I think there was a bit of a, there's a bit, so I think the one thing which might be in contention is, uh, you know, Malrang is first All Pro, particularly after the last couple of weeks when Rogue started getting a little bit exposed, particularly around Malrang, overextending a little bit and mm -hmm. getting punished for that. But remember, this is for, the entirety of the split. All eight weeks, um, yeah. So, I, recency bias aside, I mean, Malwaring just blew so many teams out of the water with the style of play this split. Um, and I think that across, I mean, we'll see the other teams too in a bit. I think there are very, I think all of the players who are on these teams, I would have had them there in some order. Um, I, I agree with you there. I, the, rep, the 15 representatives did not surprise me. I was a little surprised that VTO actually winning, mm. like All Pro won. I, I would have thought, you know, Lost and Humanoid probably would have been above him. I know, mm -hmm. I, I think I put Humanoid first, if I recall correctly. Yep. So that was a bit of a shock to me, but again, like impact play, like the 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 uh, ability to one v nine so many games. Mm -hmm. I'm not shocked, but uh, I, I thought it'd be. Lovely. You have two little kind of different mid laners here, where you, where you can vote for either. I think humanoid and VTO, where you've got VTO on one end, where his team is like underperforming, or they're behind, or he's always facing a deficit, where he has to crawl it all back. Yeah. And to the eye test, it looks fantastic because it's flashy, it's great, he makes amazing plays. And the reality is, he does do a lot for the team. Whereas Fnatic is a bit more different, where you've got Humanoid with very stable lanes, very good early game, which was kind of weak in the first couple of weeks with it, uh, Razork struggling. Yeah. But then eventually he picked it up. Humanoid is, from what we heard as well, behind the scenes, micromanaging his whole team. You know, Hillisang said it, Upset said it, everyone yeah. said it. That the second he joined the mid game, everyone listened to Humanoid. Everyone listened to Humanoid. So a lot of the intangibles we can't see from the outside. I think VTO 
looks a lot more flashy, pop up, yep. and is definitely a mid laner to watch because he's, he's like the, the next clutch player for sure. He's the clutch right? player. That's yeah. a good word to use. He's the next generation. You know, yeah. you've got the Caps Perks, you've got the Humanoid Larson. Now you've got the VTO, right? Who's next after that? He is the next generation, right? Yeah. Uh, but Humanoid, Would you I say think he's in a generation of his own. Would you put anyone alongside him? Because if you got like these, he's I actually, I think schools. we had this conversation, yeah. didn't we, about like we the did. rookie class? EU has always produced mids, but they normally come in pairs. There's yeah. normally a couple of new names. Always that come in up. two. Right. Who is the master and who is the apprentice? Unless they come in summer, maybe they're coming in summer. Um, I personally voted for Humanoid because of his raw laning Same, um, yeah. and his raw like prowess and mechanics and fights. It felt like the way he moved around the map, his mid game was insane. But I mean, seeing VTO there, I'm not I'm not surprised whatsoever. He's also definitely. What's your opinion on top laners? You know, when we look at you know Odo winning it all, I think from what I've seen from the public conversation, um, huge amounts of debate and discussion. I mm -hmm. think around the jungle and mid, right, and, and a lot of uh, opinion shared. But I feel like. Top was a little bit more silent, a little bit simpler to yeah. read, maybe. It's, it's interesting because the way G2 play it, it's all for top, right? Yeah. Broken Blade carries everyone, resources, Broken Blade, Jace, Action, some kind of carry top that gets ahead. Um, and if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, the map just falls apart. Otto Amne has just been a bit more of, I can do anything. He's played Action. He's also played Action without any resources. You know, leave yeah. him on a weak side, he's still ahead. He's played tanks, he's played carries, he's counterpicked, he's blind picked, he's done absolutely everything. So I think in terms of raw flexibility, I think Odo Amne is definitely... On a, on a personal level, it's been great to see Odo both be bitter and happy at the same time. <laughs> I think the, the only... I think fan perception is saying, well, if Odo Amne is our best top going to internationals, we might get smashed. Because if you look at Worlds last year, what Khan did to Odo in that Jax Graves matchup, mm. some of the games he had, he struggled. And the reality is, maybe, you know, we'll you see what happens. You think it's the same level, though? Exactly. When, I, when I look at Odo last year and Odo this year... I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a team around him. Maybe, right? I mean, yeah. like, also, I mean, if you're going to judge it by how Rogue did a Worlds last year, I've got to remember that Rogue had a couple of off-the-rift issues going into that tournament. And uh, I, I think that people are going to let that skew their perception. I now, mm -hmm. I do think that uh, the LEC is lacking in out-and-out -out carry Goomba Stomp top laners, but it's not like they don't have an ability to play Open out. Um, trying. Other, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's why I yeah, voted. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're also, I mean, that G2 are the only team that are really trying to enable Can we take top, a look but, at the second yeah. and third all pro teams as well, just so we can get the graphic up and just reference some of the other players? Because, I mean, like I said, I think all 15, not huge surprises here, but, uh, you know, G2 obviously sitting Broken Blade and Yankos and the, the, the second all pro. Targamas was a bit of a surprise to me, and Targamas Patrick as well. I think there was some contention on the third slot, but yeah. when the points came into it, you know, you could make pretty much defendable arguments for like I think Neon and Patrick were big debates in the bottom one. See, I would have loved to vote for Neon, but then again, over the whole split, I feel like Neon yeah. had some oh, very yeah. he, weak games. A tale of two coins, right? Because yeah. the second half and, of spring, he like he actually played the game. The first half of spring, not not showing up a <laughs> so, huge amount. I know yeah. you have certain opinions of uh, mid laners playing TF and kind of getting away with uh, some holes in their play. I feel like AD carries have had the same thing with Jinx, right? It was like one team just needs to make one mistake at three items and you just take over the game. It's, and it's, it makes it look really it's, cool. It's weird because every split you have that's kind of like, they only play this, they only play that. It's it's so many, I've been like a caster now for two years and I see it so many through so many different metas. Even when I was a pro, it's like they only play Kai'Sa Zaya. Yeah. And it's like, well, it is meta and they're playing so well. They only play Jinx Ophelios. Well, it is meta. <laughs> play. But the thing is, the only real way I think the, the test of time hits you is when we look at the jungle meta last year or the year up before, I think it was 2020, when the jungle meta was like set, volley bear, tanks, and then it went to carry jungles and EU was really slow yeah, at doing happened. it. Yeah. And that's where Canyon just took over everyone because that's where like the raw skill comes in. So it's very hard to judge based on like what they're playing. I will say, yeah, Neon was playing so much Jinx games, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, he had a lot of little pop-off moments. So for me, I think bot lane is a bit of a debate where it's like on the third all-pro team, is it Patrick Neon? Is it Targamas Mickey yeah. X? 
I think that's yeah. where I'm uh, a bit unsure, but you I think the rest is... Actually, the one person I feel like has been a snubbed a little bit is Kaiser. I think Kaiser had a really good split, too, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that he was still very key to how Mad Lions were playing out the some of the games. games. They put, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's yeah. not fair. That was, that was too harsh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some of the intangibles, right? Because at the end of the day, when a team is, by and large, just struggling, yeah. it's kind of hard to kind of point fingers and say, look, but they're still doing good because it's kind of like a caveat at that yeah. point. But I, I felt good. like Kaiser had some good it's, games. It's too. crazy to look at these pros if you look at like the last few years. No True. caps. Yeah. There's no G280 oh, carry. Yeah. No vitality. There's no vitality. Yeah. The super team whatsoever. No G2 in the first it, all the pro team. The super team syndrome. It means they suck. Um, on that G2 this is, note, this, what, yeah. isn't that the first time that G2 haven't had a for any player in the first yeah. all pro team since 2017? I believe 2017. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So Times okay, change. It, they do. Um, and now, of course, this is regular season. So these are all BO1s. These are all uh, a lot of debates and question marks. And best of fives looking ahead to playoffs the proof is in the pudding is vto the next like in a generation of his own we'll find out poor vto though before one game we, away from worlds last before year. Yeah. <laughs> one game yeah. one right. game right well look let's see if they um uh, misfits or the rest of the team can step it up let's quickly look at the standings before we break down the matchups um so for everyone that's listening and, and potentially watching what we're going to do is take a look at each of our uh, best of fives uh we'll talk about each team individually and then the matchup and work through the weekend and then I'm going to put you two gentlemen on the spot and make predictions. Oh, lovely. I'll listen to what you say and then I'll make my predictions based on how you predicted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, I know, I've known you for a while, Trev. You like to go for the opposites and like, I if we vote for oh, contrarian, if, like, I love it. If we said Fnatic for us, G2, both of us, you're going G2. See, I know you're things, going to do the opposite. One of the things that I love <laughs> about this job is that you can really make a defendable argument with enough time and broadcast space. <laughs> and I happen to have a lot of broadcast time. Yeah. So I love to be contrarian. That's, I also love to spark debate. Right? That's, that's, the, fun that's the whole thing. point. That's the fun thing about like opinions when it comes to matchups, because I think you can give valid opinions unless you're kind of being a bit crazy or Correct. like a bit delusional. You know, you can give valid They're opinions. defendable to, arguments. Exactly, right? <laughs> in the worst, if you ever doubt yourself, like, oh, damn, I don't have anything to say. You just go out like, of game. In this essay. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're the underdogs. Yeah. They have all the pressure. The enemy team has I all the pressure excel. on them. I excel yeah. at this, Mark. I excel sell it you just go for the outside stuff um okay so we got the or history history is a good one too <laughs> oh they didn't do it before the problem the problem with me for history is i've got an awful memory so like i actually have so many tabs open right now like a bunch of historical <laughs> things in case i need it oh, but man. let me okay quickly run through standings all right first and second rogue fanatic third and fourth misfits g2 fifth and sixth exile vitality and then obviously four teams are eliminated mad sk bds and astralis um we focus primarily on obviously the playoff teams because it's a playoff episode of euphoria and I want to start with Friday's matchup, uh, Rogue taking on Misfits. Um, let's start by breaking down the teams. I've got a set of questions I want to ask you know, and, and discuss here. How do the teams win? How do the teams lose? Who's their stud? Who's their dud? Um, and let's start with, with Rogue. It's a, it's a strong word, so we need to choose, choose our answers carefully here. Um, how do Rogue win games? What is going to be the key? Uh, and I'm going to go to to Cadrill first. Oh, you gave him the easy one. Damn. Yeah. Well, I would, <laughs> the hard one. No, we can we can chime in on yeah. both of it. I think. Of course, but, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to start. I there. want to make like an example of like maybe to give the viewers an easy way to digest how difficult it is to play against. I'll tell Malrang. you if it's okay, easy to so digest or not. Let's imagine you're playing bot lane. Okay. And uh, Malrang's on the enemy team, and he's okay. at top side, so right. he's pathing into your lane. Okay. So you you have timers in your head when you're playing bot lane, right? He can do three camps like into bot, two minutes forty five seconds. He can gank bot. Uh, but by around four minutes, he's probably basing going top. That's all we expect. Now, it's very common for junglers in their first clear. After they've done all their camps, they walk to the where the enemy jungler started and put a ward on their second respawn. They're okay. grump or their krugs. It's very, very common. This is easy, by the way. You understand it so far? <laughs> yeah, you're following I'm, so I'm far. with you. I'm with you. So I'm let's imagine <laughs> your jungler's pathing top and Malrang's pathing yes. bot. He puts a ward on his krugs. So in about four minutes, 10 seconds, you should see Malrang on his krugs, but he's not there. Right, and you're starting to panic. You're starting to wonder, like, yeah. where is he? You know, you've warded bot lane river. Your mid lane has push. His krugs are warded. But you don't, you can't push yet. Yeah. And the game's all about probability. 
He should be is the most common thing you'll ever hear in League of Legends mm -hmm. comms. He should be top. He should have based by now. And that's when you're waiting game and you're waiting like, hmm, can we push this wave? Can we and not, when yeah. you think to yourself, well, it's four minutes, 20, four minutes, 30, he's probably going to show any second now. Let's just push. That's when you're getting ganked. Mm -hmm. That's the unpredictability Rogue have. And that's why I think Malrang has found so much successful plays around the map because he doesn't play the standardized play of just full clear base, standard ganks, look for very easy plays. So Rogue is very- Unconventional timings, so, <laughs> challenge very unconventional. the norms, And that's yeah. how I think is their power, but also their weakness. Because the fact that he's leaving those Krugs up and you it's can cost, see them on spawn cost, yeah. and the wards expired and they're still not dead. Yeah. Timer's ticking, so, right? I, yeah. I like to reference very odd things, but if this is about probability, this is just like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in like unlimited probability drive. He just turns up, blam, I'm here. <laughs> A whale falling from the sky yeah, next to a ball of petunias. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are very Douglas Adams. I like that. Okay. So, um, I also think Larson, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think Larson's probably one of our top three mids. He was, I think, third in the All Pro. His laning Com has been. Comp and Trimby were the surprise hits for me this yeah. spring when, when I look back to the games because I anticipated and sort of expected a level out of Maorang, Odo, and, and um, Larson. I don't think I expected Maorang to pop off quite as much as he did or to have the impact that he did, right? But mm. when you, you hear the legacy of the player and we told the stories, you expect a certain amount. But for Comp to step into Hans Summer's shoes and to shine the way that he did, and for Trimby, who for me is continuing to develop to be one of these cool, calm, collected voices on a team, mm. I don't feel like he's like a captain, right? But I do feel like he's a, a cheerleader. He's a positive influence. I've never heard the guy get flustered. I, I've... And, I've, and we've seen Trimby in some of the most challenging situations, both in studio and international events. And the dude is just like a really uh, cool, calm uh, killer in game that plays a variety of, of champions. So that was a surprise hit for me, seeing how well they played. What I will say before we dive too deeply is we had Perks on Euphoria a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about like, how is playoffs going to go? And he said, playoffs is going to be all about mental strength. Like, that's it. How long have they played throughout the split? How burnt out are they? Yeah. How tired are they? How are they internally? Is there like an, a civil war going on inside the team? If there is, that team's gone from playoffs regardless of the, how good This you is are. fine scenario. This yeah, <laughs> this is fine scenario. So as much as we won't dive too deep into that because we have no clue how the no. teams are doing. Yeah, you can't assume a lot of that stuff. Behind right? the scenes mentality the, the, is so important. The, I mean, We can't make definitive statements, but what we can do is we can draw inferences and conclusions, right? Because, mm. you know, history, story time. Um, when you listen to interviews, when you watch how teams interact on stage, um, when you see the player cams, you can draw some tidbits of info. And like Odo is a really good example of an individual player who wears his heart on his sleeve at times. And he tells people. And I think when you see even Odo talking about the win streak, when you see some of the losses that they've had, there is a difference in how he communicates that pressure and that stress, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel as though Rogue, who were a team for me, all of last year, I called them chokers. I expected them to fail like, like you know, being reverse swept mm -hmm. and, and, and seeing the team that was so close to you know, sort of greatness, not fall apart, but but fail to reach it, an indication of mental strength. But I you, don't have that same vibe You can right see now. it last year as well. You think of Rogue last year in summer playoffs. They're everyone's favorite. I think they finished first. Everyone was saying Rogue is probably going to win then, the split. Yeah. They beat Misfits mm -hmm. barely, mm -hmm. barely five games they won. They go against Mad, 3-0. They yeah. go against Fnatic, 3-0. They are broken. Yeah. They're gone. And yes, they make it to Worlds and they did an okay job. But from Otto Amne being on Euphoria as well this year, the split, he was saying like the team was in the mm. worst mental health state ever. Like no one was getting along barely. Uh, so I think mental is yeah. very important. It is. That, that affects your practice as well, which is going to be, this is more like an overall point for a lot of our teams. But I feel like because we've had such a big break between regular split and playoffs too, there's a real chance for teams to address some of those fundamental issues 
and if the atmosphere is good, we could see drastically different teams even coming the, into the, the first same round. could be said the other way around. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, if yeah. it's a bad atmosphere, yeah. all apart have that rogue syndrome from um, from last week. It's work. funny though, because that time extra development can hurt teams or it can be good for teams. Yeah. You look at the LCK, yeah. that just finished on Sunday. You know their playoffs start tomorrow. Yep. They've had three days break from also, playoffs. How, how much of an impact will sort of the new patch that's come in, we'll briefly touch on that throughout our conversation as well as like the yeah, practice that comes bubbles. Into you know, yeah. whoever's, whoever's got a good read. Scrim bubbles are exactly. so important. It's important, right? Okay, so let's talk now for Rogue. Um, I think pretty pretty strong team when I think about like all stages of the game. Um, when we think about draft, I don't recall us having huge issues. Besides I the 0-2 week, that once, was the one week. Of yeah. course, but I do think you you could make arguments when a team was like 10-0, and 11-0 and you start mm. like, I want to say experimenting, that's not fair because I don't know. Yeah. But playing around with options, right? Where do you see some ways to attack them? Because like we've talked about opportunity costs. We've seen when Malrang doesn't have mm -hmm. the influence, he doesn't find the kills. Mm. The team does slow down. Like it feels to me a little bit so, like it's um, Malrang kind of leads the way. So I, I feel like um, when, when Rogue tend to lose, it has been about um, just overstaying a little bit. I think teams call their bluff. I think that there was a really good example of this um, visually when they lost against Astralis because they went for a red side invade. They didn't quite understand they were playing against like Vex on the other side who can very easily punish you at that point. They overstayed their welcome, got punished, got snowballed against. Fnatic did a similar thing in their win versus them too. I think that if you kind of just show up and actually to where Malarang is and you say, you you want to be unexpected, but we've kind of called your bluff. You fight them at that point. Sometimes they're not ready for the counter punch at that point. So I feel like Rogue, um, if they do have more of a exploitable weakness, it's uh, kind of hitting them on their own unconventional terms. Mm. Yeah, and I also think there's a bit of a clash in styles here where you have like Malrang is the one who will look for plays. And as much as we know he can play the farming style, this is probably what he's going to do. And Schlatan is probably the least active jungler we have in the league, right? Yeah. So I think it's a case mm. of Misfits holding Rogue as much as possible and going even. I think a good example is the SK game. SK draft mid-push to make sure they can track jungle. Yes. They draft really yeah. good scaling on both side lanes, Jinx and Gwen. Happy days, SK go even. They win out in fights and Larson can't really find anything on the map. Nope. Even though Larson played really well that game, yeah. I do think that having two winning or nullifying side lanes is probably what's going to help Misfits the most. Um, but I think there is a bit of a clash in styles in jungle. But Odoamne versus Hirit is probably where I'm going to look because yeah. Hirit to me has been... Not the period of last year. He would year. be the dud. If if you were to pick a team, like a player <laughs> yeah. of Misfits, like that was that, like pretty convincingly the dud for spring. Yeah. He had moments, don't get me wrong. Just before we dive into like a little bit more like the, the individual matchup. Um, Namira, how uh -oh. the hell do Misfits win games? Uh, hmm. So uh, there's a player in the mid lane who's pretty good at League of Legends. <laughs> and uh, if I was going to go... Um, I think the comparison I would draw is this team reminds me of one of my favorite rosters of all time, which was uh, Crest Gaming Act 2020, which is a Japanese team with uh, a guy called Aria on it, who's a great mid laner, Kedril. I very much thought <laughs> he was terrible in LCK. This guy is okay, lost but, in my tier list. <laughs> of course, uh, Aria was kind of a very big fish in his own little little pond, and but his team couldn't draft. Uh, so what you'd see is them take red side and just leave him to red five and just say, What's up here? What can you play yeah. which can just get into this whole scenario uh, and just kind of 1v9 at some point? And mm. I feel like Vito is in a similar spot for Misfits, where if he is in a composition where he can theoretically carry, he almost certainly will. Yeah. I feel like when, when Misfits, uh, they do win, it's through giving Vito agency at 1-2 item mark, where, we, I mean, obviously we saw that, that huge Akali game. And I think that, I mean, to kind of skip ahead a bit, I think they fail on the same margin when he doesn't have that agency and they're relying on him, saying that um, the loss that they had versus SK when he's on the LeBlanc and can't do the same kind of stunts. Can, can I make a statement I'd like you both to check me on? Because mm -hmm. I'm not the greatest at making statements in this game. But Misfits, to me, didn't have a consistency to their um, play at any stage of the game. They're individual players, the mm. ones that were playing well, played well. When Neon 
found his form in the later half of the season. He was good when, um, you know, Vizio was in positions they could play well. But it felt to me like they were really good at punishing mistakes. And so often, so often this season, teams would have a big lead or be in a position where they were pushing something and Misfits mm-hmm. just found like an they, opportunity they to attack. Help. They picked champions like, that help. It felt to me too, like if I were to say how do Misfits win games? Well, they win games by really, really, really punishing opponents' mistakes well. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard one to describe because it's the, the, the harsh reality is they're losing the game. And yeah. uh, like a lot of the times, if you look at like the best of ones, especially it's the enemy team making mistakes, whether it's Humanoid diving too deep in the Fnatic game, whatever it may be in the team fights and Misfits just punishing the overextensions. But you can give them some merit. I think the example is a good one. Is VTO is a good example. When yeah. he has playmaking, he can make things happen on side lanes. Like when he had the Akali against G2, he will make things happen. And that's their way back into the game. Because if you keep making them happen and keep getting shutdowns, you'll win. Uh, the Fnatic game was a lot different because he's playing Victor. So he can't really make any plays. But what tended to happen in that game was Fnatic would get a lot of kills, but they'd be against a Victor Jinx. And Victor Jinx would just clear waves in their face. Hirit would group yeah. up and sacrifice himself. And eventually they'd win one fight themselves. So... Um, Misfits, their early games are shaky. Their yeah. mid games are also a bit hit or miss, but they're very good at punishing mistakes. I think yeah. it's the best conclusion. Also, we the can team draw. fights, even like their team fights to me were very impressive when you consider how often there were deficits as well throughout mm-hmm. the course of the season. Um, I, I genuinely don't think there's a more entertaining team to watch, not only because of they are able to turn around these like crazy plays, mm-hmm. but so many teams give them opportunities at Elder or at Baron. <laughs> but it's crazy because you can even go back they to actually like, mind control the enemy mm-hmm. team. Yeah. You can even go back to like week four, I think, against SK when Misfits is playing against them and they're losing the game against SK in the early stages, but they still bring it back. Oh, VTO's playing Yasuo. Oh, there's a Baron start. Quadra kill for VTO. Yep. Everyone's happy, <laughs> right? You know, VTO pops off. So it's like... It's one of those things where it's like, surely they can't keep getting away with Narrator. it. Right. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. This team to me is like an enigma. I've asked, I've asked a lot of pro players, um, where would they rank playoffs teams? Misfits to them has always been at the bottom. There was yeah. an interview with Selfmade where he was like, I think Misfits and Exile in playoffs probably aren't going to be at the same level. I think it was many weeks ago, like week seven. But Misfits can always surprise, you know, summer 2021. And, um, they almost beat Rogue. Yeah. They almost made Worlds. Yeah. And I feel like Misfits is that team where because they can't keep getting away with it, they're always doubted. Which Correct. is good and a bad thing. Yeah. And I feel like if they are going to surprise, um, I think it has to be through early game jungle support stepping up. Because I think in terms of the fundamental issues they need to address, that's the big one. Because uh, we were talking about it, early game is not great. Um, yeah. But we have seen sparks of brilliance from Mercer and from Shlatan. Uh, of course, we I saw think the last, the last few weeks as well, especially in the bottom. Exactly, right, yeah. But, yeah. Particularly kind of coming through early in mid split and they had awful early game stats, like legitimately mm, yeah. worse than the league. Um, but when you can see them step up and have those sparks of brilliance if they can address that in the sizable break that they've had we could see again one of these crazy jumps in form from regular season to playoffs i think that's where if they are going to surprise that has to be it misfits stud vto dud here it rogue yeah, definitely rogue stud Boy, you've got four studs it's five so times, tough, isn't it it's tough. They don't have the a dud. The truth I think. is, stud or dud is actually really. Their and stud is, is friendship. The but, power of oh, friendship. <laughs> get out. You're, you're fine. Maybe. maybe but isn't that quintessential rogue? Like, here's, here's my take for the stud. We'll say stud is Malrang, just for this case, argument's uh, sake. Okay. Maybe the dud could All be draft. Number one. I think the dud, the dud could only really be. I think the draft could I feel hold like them the stud and the dud are both Malrang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me why. Uh, tell okay. me why draft. Tell me why draft. I'm kind of with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's like all meta reads. Scrim bubbles will be very important, but also like if you think of Rogue previously, what tended to happen like in the past few years is they would draft pushing lanes all the time. Yeah. Lucian mid, Jace top, all those good stuff, yes. and they play yep. for lane push. Yeah. And if they get punished and they get ganked, which G2 did really well against them, I remember Yank Yankos Nidli against Odo Amne and, and Larson's Lucian a long time ago in, in summer. They would get punished, lose the lanes, get pushed in, the game would be over, right? 
Um, they've shown a lot more consistency this time around in draft. I just hope to God that in playoffs they don't swap it up. They've shown a lot of good scaling, good picks, mages mid, happy happy days in bot with like Jinx Ophelios, Otto Amle, super flexible. Let's keep that. Yeah. If this AD meta shakes them up too much in bot lane where they yeah, overthink true. it in a scrim bubble and they're like, oh, we should play Draven lanes and play for bots. I think Ash early rotation is really good. Lucian Nami bot, let's play for 2v2. That's where it's going to come to bite them. Because if you remember Rogue's biggest weakness, it was when they played Lucian Nami. I remember when they were playing Lucian Nami once, Comp and, and Trimby, they did fall behind in the lane. They lost to a Lulu oh, lane. I think it wasn't was. That, wasn't that Neon, actually, on the on the Jinx? I think it was against. Oh, it was against, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was against Neon. Misfits. Same, Rogue versus yeah, Misfits. Yeah. Same yeah. question then, same question then, because if if the, the draft is going to be impactful, I mean, when we look at Neon, of the 18 games, he played nine on Jinx. Yeah. And Jinx expected to be slightly lower tier, right, on the playoff match. But if you look at, this is the, the last time Rogue and Misfits played against each other. Yeah, Neon was playing Jinx Lulu yep. into comps Lucian Nami. I think they got 2v2 kills. And yeah. they got 2v2 yep. kills. Yeah. And they got pushed in. And Otto Amle is playing a tank into Camille. He's playing Orn into Camille yep. against Slyke. Like, He's like, well, well, I'm getting outscaled, guys. Lane. Do something. <laughs> yes. Larson's playing Rise into Oriana. He needs to make things happen as well. So everything just collapses. So I think they need to make sure that the dud is not the draft. And they don't yeah. fall into this trap that they had. Uh, with false meta reads or like over, no, over yeah, no, that's a good call. I like, that. Okay. I like that. Okay, I like that. I'm not going to ask guys to give predictions now. We'll do a full playoff bracket breakdown at the end of the matchups. Let's move on to Saturday's game briefly. Talk Ooh. about Fnatic G2. Dude, dude. I know. There's, there's mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember the days, like what's happened to this matchup, man? Who's remaining from the old Fnatic G2 days apart from Yankos and Caps and things like this, man? And maybe Hillisang? I mean, Hillisang will probably be there. But I mean, the thing Wonders. is, the, 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 the thing is, it's if you go back long enough, Mm. Uh, nobody, right? And well, the and problem is, in my head, I've got engraved Reckless vs. Perks. Correct. Yeah. It's really engraved. <laughs> the thing for me that will define this matchup now is Caps. And mm. just because of the history on both sides of the organization, now sitting next to Yankos, and then being flanked by a, a new look G2 against Fnatic, right? Yeah. Three new players that, that are under this banner that frankly surprised. I mean, like G2's performance this spring. I don't know if anybody anticipated them to be where they are. Also, the conversation that they started around the way that they're playing the game, mm. the way that the rookies have come up uh, and been integrated, Flacket in particular, I think. So, you know, there are so many different facets of this, this, this conversation to have. And then on the other side of the coin for Fnatic, I mean, they blew everybody out the water. It, it, people expect them to be good. I don't know if people expect them to be as good as they were, right? Mm. So we do have limited time. I want to start with G2. I want to start with G2, Okay. Um, let's talk about how they win games. How what what made them look good throughout the regular season that will potentially help them coming up into G2 is the so hard to characterize because I feel like when they they've won in various forms. It's not like they're a they're a one track team. Uh, obviously through a lot of the early and mid split, they played quite heavily through mid jungle to activate tops. So they'd have stuff like um something something that we picked up on pretty early is that hey isn't perks uh, sorry. Not <laughs> Isn't Caps taking a lot of combat summoners on stuff like um, Rise and Victories? He's taking Ghost, not Teleport. So that means he can go help out Yankos earlier into the game, use that pressure, which they can then get from that, fighting around the level three to six mark, and then go top lane to enable Broken Blade. So that was something that they did in one facet. But then they've also had another style of play where they've played more towards bot lane um, in a couple of weeks. I think it was week maybe five and six they played towards bot lane. I can't remember the exact... Um, mm games on that but uh if we're talking about the the g2 kind of uniquely special to them it has been enabling broken blade yeah definitely um i mean i'll tell you as most play champs already akshan akali jace yone yep i think that basically sums up how yep. they're playing the game right yep but the funny thing is when i was looking at g2 i think 
G2 find more success when Caps is on a stable pick, when he's on something like a mage? I feel like when he's playing Oriana, Azir... Not a playmaker is the not, one get it. Not so much playmaker, but something right. that doesn't actually have to force itself to do Got something it. early, right? Victor, Oriana, Azir, he's been playing, I think, fantastically on them. They've lost both their games on TF. They're losing on Silas. They're losing on Ari. They're losing on Cassidy. Oh, the last Silas game he played was so good, though. No, the, no, the Silas game was a win, sorry. They yeah. are in the Cassidy and all these kind you. of like uh, early game based melee assassins, barring the Cassidy, of course. The ones that Vito just... would find success on to, to a degree. Right, to right. A degree. Yeah, yeah, I think barring LeBlanc, I think mages work for Caps so much better. I mean, you look at their game against, was it Fnatic, where they got late invaded level one, uh, or they late invaded level one and it backfired. No, it was against Rogue, sorry. They late invaded level one topside. Trimby was there, it backfired, and then the game was just literally over from that point because yeah. G2's comp just solely revolved around getting ahead early, no matter what. Just find a play. Trimby read the level one invade, game was over, Jankos was behind, they couldn't find anything. Then you go back to another game, I don't know if it was the same one, but Jankos did like three camps bot side, and then he just backtracked to go for a bot gank instead of going topside. Uh, and then he didn't get anything out of them. He just got a cleanse. And then that was it. Top was now lost or yeah. like can't really punish. So they're playing comps that are very, very early game focused and they need to get ahead. And that's kind of like a good and a bad thing yeah. once again, mm -hmm. where... High risk, high reward in some ways. Yeah, yeah, if Fnatic outlane you or they track you very well, then you're a bit screwed. So I'd love to see them fall back to... The thing... Uh, caps on a mage, I think it's just... Yeah, it's it is such a game safe option. Awesome the thing that, that I, I, I felt when I watched E2 throughout spring was that um, they found a way to play their style, you know, with Broken Blade being mm -hmm. kind of the, the primary playmaker in some ways, um, playing early games is almost regardless of what patch, what meta, what picks and bans. Like when you look through their pick ban priority in comparison to so many other teams, the amount of versatility and like variance is gigantic. But a lot of times, at least to my eyes, it's still played into a similar way. You know, Broken Blade was always on some sort of influential pick. That was a surprise to me. You know, when I saw this roster and then I saw the way that they've played, there was a stability to their play. Like when this team has a lead at 15 minutes, they win nine out of 10 times. Mm -hmm. And like, I wouldn't have expected that when you look at the champions they have, you know, when you look at sort of the draft and then you put the names to them and then go, oh yeah, you know, they're sitting third in Wait, our Was league. the one out of 10 times the one versus Misfits? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. I, I don't think exactly. I've just got the percentages. God, that game. Bad. But I mean, yeah, their early games are unreal. Like yes. they are, yeah. I think probably our best early game team. If this team gets rolling, that ball is just going to grow and grow and grow and it's going to knock you over unless, you know, they make some happy little accidents. Um, but you're right. I think Broken Blade and Marcus might hate me here because I, I remember he told me the stats, <laughs> the stats in Week guy. Eight. Yeah, uh, but I can't remember. I think Targamas has the most unique champions of Correct. all sports. Caps is at least tied. Broken Blade most. has the most in top. Correct. And Broken Blade has the most yeah. in top. Confirming. And you can you can see that you know are they a master of all trades and uh, master jack of all trades and master of none? Probably not. I think their early games. The are main solid. thing for me is that the, the champions, despite having that um, variety. They 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 fill a similar flavor. They mm -hmm. need to be played and executed like slightly it's a, it's differently. A concept. But conceptually yeah. too, thank you. That's the word I was looking for that I yeah. couldn't find. It and kind of fits the same. If I was to say Dud, I think their weak point is probably Flacket. Um, yeah, I, I think he he hasn't really. I think towards the end of the split, he has found his form in this team. But you could see throughout the whole of spring, he really didn't know where his place was. You know, he's playing things like Seraphine in week one, trying yeah. to find like some mages bot. He was kind of put on Senna duty because it's kind of easy stylistically to know what you're he doing. He was put on Senna Jin duty. He didn't get many Aphelios games. The only game he had, he lost on. And then he was back to Jinx duty. So yeah. I think now with the AD meta changes, I think if any team's going to benefit from a three-week break, it's probably G2, especially with, AD, with bot lane changes. Now they have more time to figure out what their bot lane really does. I actually feel like the break is going to benefit our fifth and sixth teams quite a lot, but we'll talk about that when it comes to it. Okay, I but now, so, really so I, I, I like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Who would you say the stud is then? Stud on G2, Jankos. Jankos, probably. I feel, because I mean, we're talking about the early game thing, and I think the interesting thing for me is that 
while we have Rogue who have very intriguing early games, we have Fnatic that have really intriguing early games, and then uh, G2 as well. I feel like they do it in different ways. Uh, yes. I feel like Rogue do it through Malang Trimby. I feel like Fnatic do it through their bot lane. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I oh, think yes. G2 do it through mid jungle. So yeah. it's, again, stylistically very different ways to do that. But I think uh, the stud is almost like Yankos plus Caps helping him. But it's mainly Yankos who's kind of like the real horsepower behind the engine. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Fnatic then, if we turn our attention to them. If, hypothetically, like it is going to be the dud, and I, I think that's defendable, Going up against upset. upset. We, we, saw, we, saw, we saw what happened in the if, last game. If there was ever yeah. a duo. No, I think it's Hilly. If there was ever a duo <laughs> that was going to find a way to exploit a 2v2 lane, mm. upset and Hilly will not only know what it is, but will most likely execute it. Mm. I, I think they are the most impressive 2v2 to watch in the laning phase, um, just because of their style. Like these two dudes. You mean we, was, we saw what happened the last time that these two teams faced off. It was effectively just, oh my gosh, that's a lot of pike hooks being hit. Yep. That's not very good. Well, the game's over. Something's happened because Hilly's been unlocked. I don't know. Was Kiko yeah. casting that? Did you say it was an aimbot? I think at some point. <laughs> was I, I, I casting can't remember. It? I don't remember. I can't remember. Casting but I, it. I do. I do remember whoever was casting and saying it was an aimbot. But yes, yeah. the, the impact. Maybe it, it sounds like something I would yeah. say. It definitely <laughs> sounds like something. I mean. I think the stud is Hillisang. Like, yeah, the fact that this guy can blind pick Pike against some of these teams, I'm just absolutely. Do you know what sold it for me? His zillion like initiation play. He yeah. played zillion zillion like Pike. Yeah, yep. flashing <laughs> in and getting engages. Um, the last time they faced was a weird one. I mean, bot lane smashed, but then like I remember G2 made this Herald play, and then yeah. they overextended topside, tried to chase Hillisang, and then they lost all their tempo, lost Herald, and then the game was just done from there. Even though. Razork had some happy little accidents with his ults. If Razork didn't have these happy little accidents, the games would have ended a lot quicker, I'm sure, because the fights would just be gone, where G2 actually had a small chance. Um, Razork's the dud for me. Razork's the dud for you, yeah. you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a liability. I, no, I, just, I just think he's not... If I have not... to pick, if I have yeah. to pick. Yeah. And I think Razork is a similar player to me where at the beginning of spring to end of spring, you can see the development as an individual, but also the integration with the rest of the team. I think as a whole, Fnatic... They, they showed that literally every single player on that team has the ability to pick up whatever slack may be missing, hmm. you know, throughout the course of spring, at least in my eyes. And I think if I had to pick a dud, but now how, how do Fnatic win games? Well, before, you, before I was going to say that, I was going to say uh, Razork's gotten a lot better. Um, his team fighting is really And when good. we say dud, it's a hard again, one because, again, yes, yeah, yeah, he's not a liability at all. Yeah, but we are not saying a bad player. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, playing, the stud, bad we're player. playing the stud dud I'm game. I'm challenging, challenging people to think about it. If somebody is the star, who is the player that you would look at as with the biggest question mark that could impact their influence. That does not say that all duds uh, are created equal. Right? I think, I mean, it's, all, I mean, Fnatic is through, I mean, till the end of time, they're going to play for bot lane. Yep. So uh, yep. it's very obvious what they're going to do. So again, I guess you have a small contrast in styles where G2 is playing topside a lot of the time or drafting more for topside, we'll say, rather than what playing. What if Wonder chokes in playoffs again because of World of Warcraft? That's what I was going to bring up. Uh -huh. It's like, <laughs> Wonder. Well, he said he's not a fan of Lost Sorry, so he Lost doesn't have to worry about that okay, one. Yeah, 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 not a fan of Lost I don't know what the kids are playing these days. <laughs> so Fnatic's playing towards bot, your G2 playing towards top. Maybe you've got some cross-mapping going on, all that good stuff. Maybe G2 decide to match or Fnatic decide to match, whatever it may be. But Wonder is like... Oh, he's he your dud. No, 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 he's not on a dud to me. dancing around it, just he's say not, it. He's not a dud to me, it's just like, <laughs> Fnatic are so but like, humanoid is the best Because mid. the other three are not your duds. No, 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 <laughs> he's just like... Process elimination. No, no, no. Which no, thing Razzle do you is my dad. Razzle Razzle is my dad. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So my okay. point on Wonder is like, you've got Fnatic is like the best bot lane in the league. Humanoid is like top two mid type of VTO. Yes. Maybe the best. Razork's early games mm. were a bit weak, but now he's back. And then there's Wonder. And it's like, where does Wonder fit into this team? Because he's playing a lot of carries every now and then. Uh -huh. He's had some great outplays, but he's been very, very quiet. We haven't heard much from him. I don't think we've, we've seen much from him socially or anything like this, but he's doing his job consistently. Mm, yeah. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, some of the Jace games, I'm still not convinced on the Wonder Jace just yet, but maybe he can prove me wrong in playoffs. 
But uh, I think if anyone's going to be like the dark horse or the wild card in the series, it's probably Wonder. I mean, He's I can... so um, unconventional again. You know, we have that out of Hillisang, but I feel like even though Wonder's not picking the weird picks anymore, which mm. he was obviously very famous for, I feel like that kind of X factor comes out of just the random ways that he's playing around the map. And and in a best of five, that's so hard to prepare yeah, for. Yeah, and Wonders had like, in fan sentiment, like a bad year last year, or he was like mm. ba playing bad. But I mean, if you look at the whole year, he was on tank duty the whole time yep. anyway, because G2 was playing mostly towards bot slide or mid, it felt like anyway. Not an excuse, but still. And Wonder is like, you remember the days he was picking Soraka top, oh, yes. Ivern top, you know, he's like full of confidence, top, doesn't go. care. It's funny, if you turn nameplates off and you just showed the game start the sync, I would have said Broken Blade was Wonder. Yeah, I, I just mean, based on history, right? Just based on history, yeah, like play style. You and... wouldn't really say that no. this is Wunder. I mean, he's just a lot more stock standard. What's my job, officer? And I'll I'll do it. I'll get it done for you. Um, will he be but different the team in playoffs? Needs that because exactly. of the investment and the commitment to bot lane, right? Well, exactly. They need stability. Everyone being what? Super what? Crazy what if well. they pull a gigantic like surprise and play for top? No, no, no. Well, I'd play for top for something, but like you know, pick like Akshan or something or Lucian top, and then mm -hmm. you know, go, Wunder goes to shy mode. I don't think that'll happen because. I think Wunder is just like, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's very, that, that's what's helping Fnatic a lot. He's like almost like, I won't, I won't say a backbone because his role is top lane and yeah. top lane is a useless role, but he, <laughs> he is a bit of a backbone in terms of that, in, in that case. Um, I won't say it, then he goes on to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though, right? So how the hell do you beat Fnatic? I mean, is it literally just survive laning game and then somehow outsmart them because uh, like they occasionally overdive they occasionally overdive and there was they i do. mean we saw that with the misfits game which they lost and you think oh my gosh they're so far ahead again surely they've won this so, you're, great so the way to beat Fnatic is hope they make uh, a mistake i, I mean I feel, no. I feel like there are mistakes you can play if you're going to view it on like what they've shown already i feel yes. like you keep yourself with his arms within arm's reach and you have picks which can punish those overdives i feel like that stylistically checks out in my head so drafting is super way. important against this team then i i think i would Love to say to that. Translate, just, yeah, you know? yeah. But I think that the very difficult thing with a team like this is that they're just really damn good. They're yes. really damn good. There is no easy solution to it. That's the first thing I'd think of. The the thing that it kind of stands out to me in my mind is the Astralis game that they lost. Um, and now the way Astralis did it was they played uh, a bot lane matchup with Push and they can dive Jinx Galio into Rakan. Hillisang Rakan is like the deadliest thing on the planet. If you want, don't want to give Hillisang a ch single champion, it's Rakan. But he got it. And I remember Zansara's pathing was just like, he path bot, he stayed bot, he overstayed bot, took enemy jungle bot camps, put so many wards. And then, you know how I was talking about the concept previously about Rogue and Malrang, where you start topside, four yes. minutes he should show on that ward top. Zansara didn't should, really do that. Yeah. When he based after clearing top to bot, he went back bot just to make sure he finds Razor and push him out. So they were investing so much resources into bot that they matched it and it worked. It actually worked what they were doing and they pushed out Razor, upset Hilly, were not really laning 2v2 at that point. And then that's where it felt like things slowly fell apart for me. Um, I'm sure that G2 are going to study that Astralis game because they also played things like Jace top and they were playing a carry top, but they still managed to shut down bot very well. And I think you can play these carry tops like Jace and we saw Rogue do it with Akshan where when we say play for top, we, we say resource invested there. Yeah. What's a resource? Well, it's your mid lane hovering, giving you top side vision, jungle pathing towards you, support roaming timers towards top. This is what playing for top is. But they weren't really doing that. They were having a carry top, but because they were playing so hard to bot, and because they were finding their jungler bot all the time, he was playing in isolation anyway. So you can play for top by not really playing there so much. Yeah, by drawing get... all the attention elsewhere, so it's yeah. still exactly. fine. And it's just a process yeah. of elimination and kind of like, he is bot side, so you're fine. He's not top side, you know? He, he can't be there. He's, he's just trying to match bot all the time, so you're in isolation. Just keep it up. So uh, I think maybe G2 could swap their strategy up, play more towards shutting down Fnatic and letting Broken Blade play in isolation. Because this is one of the dangerous things of like playing tanks into Camille or tanks yeah. into... That's why we don't see too many blind pick champions like Scion and things like this. 
they're more so last picks because if you get counted by a Camille and you're sitting in isolation the whole mm. game and the game's all about bots, then eventually you're just going to lose if, you're, if your bot lanes aren't winning. And even if they are, you're already behind anyway. Several teams found that out against Alfari when he picked Camille. I mean, yeah. like, can, can I extrapolate then when we, if I zoom out with everything we've talked about, the individual players, the play styles, our studs and duds. When I think about G2 as a team and some of the versatility, creativity, the, the drafts that they've had, then I also think about the play styles and the priorities. Like, you know, we know Broken Blade and Yankos have been difference makers for G2. Upset Hilly have been the reason Fnatic are like the, the, the as good as they are and then everyone else filling in behind. Draft seems like it's going to be super intriguing. And then I also want to take one step out as well and look at, if you look at the individual player experience in these situations, and I'm going to go back to what Kedril was saying right at the beginning, it's Fnatic G2, you know, who's been around, what names? Mm. I always think of Perks vs. Reckless. Well, they're not even... Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, you put yourself in the situation where Razork is representing Fnatic as the strongest looking team we have in Europe, right? And he's to step up, shut down control, answer whatever G2 and Yankos is doing, the most experienced jungler that Europe has ever produced. Probably the best jungler Europe's ever produced. Uh, uh, no argument there. Like, if you go jungle point, role, yeah. the GOAT. Not, yeah, not even yeah. a question of the jungle role. Just in terms of his tenure. Then you look at the bottom lane, right? Upset Hilly, with the way that they've played, the experience they have, there is a huge intangible experience advantage on the players on the Fnatic side, right? That can help in a best of five scenario, but it is complicated by the manner that these two teams play relatively differently. The funny thing is we're talking about top, we're talking about bots, we're talking about like the history of the players you just said, but it's still, you know, it's caps for a humanoid as well, <laughs> right? It's like, I haven't even it's, got yeah. to the mid lane. It's nuts, yes. right? Like you think of like experience on the side of Fnatic and you think of experience and titles and all these things and you go to G2 and it's like, well, yes, they have Flacken and Target Mass and they don't have any titles, but you know, they have caps they have yankos yeah. you know i mean flackett said in his interview on his reddit i mean it was a couple of weeks ago it's like it's really weird still for me when i look to the right and i see caps yankos yeah. it's like seeing <laughs> messi and ronaldo and exactly. he's like yeah, you yeah. know so i think they can be filled with experience i think can kind of um be felt from people and but confidence you cannot as well. deny the fact you cannot deny the fact that i i agree with like, everything you've said flackett and targamas are still sitting there looking to the left and there's yeah, yeah. three Every single person of Fnatic can look side by side and go, except Razok, right? True. So like just uh, the, the good the good thing is when you have when you're let's imagine Flack it's POV, right? You're about yeah. to go into champion select. All you can hear is Yanko Quack. screaming like like <laughs> an animal on top of his voice about how he's gonna stomp mentality. everyone. Yes. You, know, <laughs> you know, he's like or singing some crap song. Yeah, we're singing some songs, <laughs> Caps is laughing in his 1v1s, you know, the vibes are great. It's not like, you know, I don't know how Fnatic's gonna be, you know, humanoid, I guess, is a lot more reserved and a lot more quiet, you know. So when Razork yeah. is looking left and right or whatever it may be, and yeah, we're talking um, more holistically around the experience. I think they're going to be a lot more relaxed and Yamato is going to be the one to be like giving them massages, giving them do the think, talks. Do you think the vibe from both Fnatic and G2 is pretty positive and upbeat? Like, you yeah. know, th these these are two teams that have had ups and downs and personality differences and, and like we've watched as fans and viewers, but it feels like both teams are in a pretty good groove. Like, yeah. you, if there were a happiness meter, it's, it's, one could argue this may be the happiest the organization what, teams what, have been What I will say quickly is I think they're very, very happy. Like, very, very happy. It sounds weird. Yeah. They look very happy from the outside. But yes. you look at oh last God, year. They're enjoying yes. themselves yes. so much. Last year, G2 did not look... No. G2 did not look happy. They did not. Fnatic looked a lot better than they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say as an exception, Yankos looked happy. Like, he got on the yeah, stage. He, he was screaming. It's hard for him to not. And it's yeah. hard for him because he yeah. he's got a very positive attitude. He's mm, a very positive yeah. mindset. Uh, but yeah, definitely different to last year, I think. But where that tangibly comes in is that we, we kind of, to combine a couple of things that we mentioned already, we talked about scrim bubbles, right? And if something just goes, just, just shit hits the fan, game one, game two, and that gets popped, you need to have that kind of mentality to actually switch things up very quickly. And yeah. I think that experience and that mentality helps you stay the course in like a game three where you need to change something up because what you practice hasn't worked. So... 
I think if we do see like an early lead coming out from one or two of these teams, that's when we'll start seeing that really kind of like have its metal tested. Yeah. Expectation wise as well, I feel as though there is more pressure on Fnatic, significantly more pressure Definitely. on Fnatic. They have more expectations. Than on G2 yeah. and expectations. Huh. And that does have a factor when pressure is put on, right? So if you're down 0-1, if you lose yeah. game, etc. You know, so how, it's just one of those things that does play in my mind. How long has it been since G2 were the underdogs in the G2 Fnatic matchup? I think even last year they were the Probably the regular spot. <laughs> you know, if you if I were to answer that question one gut, I think this might be the first time that they were underdogs. I, mm. I might go as far as to say that. Like potentially maybe 2018. Summer, tw- summer 2018, maybe. 2018 yeah. Fnatic. Sean and Wadid. With Kyon and Wadid. And that would probably be the and only then other lost time. But like, to Fnatic since at the same since time, then, so. since that that era, the, the mm. 18 and 0 Fnatic, um, this might be the first time G2 being considered. Because last year's, you know, super team attempts um didn't work out, but mm. the benefit of the doubt was there because of so many years of success. And this time around, you, you know might what? go. I think we should have done predictions. Yeah. As we go through the matchups. Okay. So the Rogue Misfits one. Okay. Quickly going back before we go to the third sure. one. Let's go for it. Yeah. Good, yeah. good I'm going to start with so. Trevor. Oh, damn it. Okay, so what are we doing now? Are we going <laughs> let's do, lane by let's, lane? Let's do... No, no. Let's or do just... prediction for the matchup. G2 uh, Rogue versus Misfits. Okay. And I what want a scoreline as well. Scoreline as well. Okay, so oh, if I'm going to go Rogue versus Misfits... You've got it in the upper brackets going towards the round two best of five upper brackets. If they lose, oh, not out. Am I allowed to do two predictions? One in my head, one in my heart because both, you know, uh, my loves work for Misfits. Um, <laughs> the bias is a little comes bit there. Deficio always, always comes, comes first. first. Just is Deficio the heart? Just as 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I think that Rogue will win this series. No, don't give me a cop out and then say but. No, no, no. <laughs> I think Rogue will win this series 3-1. I think they're more stable, they're more reliable. I also have, I have more faith in Rogue's ability to prepare for Misfits than I have for Misfits to prepare for Rogue. Okay. I want Misfits to win. And mm-hmm. I, I will have one small caveat. I don't think that they will. Mm-hmm. I think Misfits have been too volatile. Um, officially, I'm not doing a, a hedge bet. But the only way that Misfits will win is if Rogue lose the game. Do you know what I mean? If Rogue mm-hmm. fumble, mm-hmm. If, if Rogue drop the ball, them, basically. if Rogue hand it over. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I see it. So like for me, Rogue both win and lose the series. Okay, so then Rogue mind. is deciding. It's Rogue's form that'll decide this. Yes, okay. yes. I, I, so okay so first off you know i i had a very nice notebook this split uh which was maybe referencing the death note i've made a new notebook and this is for playoffs and i'm gonna write all my predictions in this one and see what happens so i think in my first major i stole soul stealer prediction i actually think misfits could win this series i think they're gonna win it in a close series but um so i think it's gonna be three two but i think that they have this extra factor of they're the ones which are playing catch-up for in the regular split. They've had a lot of time to do that. Rogue, I don't know how much they can refine what they've already got coming out of this regular season. And I feel like... They peaked too early. I think, I think that okay. they, might, they might have more of a struggle to peak for this first series. I whereas really Misfits, want you to be right. <laughs> and and I, I feel like, again, if we're talking about them surprising, I think if Schlatan, I think if um, Mercer come out of the gates really, really hot... I think that they can upset this matchup. So yeah, I think I'm going 3-2 three, three, for Misfits. Damn, I mean, it was last year 3-2 to yeah. Rogue. I'm going to say Rogue. Uh, I'm going to say 3-1 to Rogue. I think Misfits might be able to take a game. I think I'm as much as you say it's Rogue's game to lose, I think it's Malarang's game to lose, honestly. I think, Stop I think he... I, 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 I've, it's funny because I have a little bit of history with Malarang because when I went to Korea in 2017 to play solo queue for four months to level up, I was staying with him. I was basically that living is awesome. really? That's so yeah, cool. for four months. So we had a little bit of a personal relationship four years ago. We went out drinking every now and then. But I think he's as a, you do in Korea. As you do in Korea, yeah, of course, exactly. it's a nighttime city. Yeah, it really is. So it's uh, amazing. I mean, there was a bit of a language barrier, but we talked quite often. Uh, I think, and I, I watched him scream a lot of the time. They were in Ever Eight. They were screaming yeah. IG. It was so fun to watch. I think Malrang's a very confidence-based player. He's a very momentum-based player, and I think that when 
he's winning like a game one. What is your margin a- of error then? What is your margin? Like, so, so make or break on Maorang, right? If That's they- a statement. If Maorang loses game one... I think they'll be okay. If, if they are down, down 0-2... Or, or 2-1, 2-0, 2-1, I think the there's going to be a bit of a crack. Oh, um, interesting. So... But ultimately, you're saying what I'm saying as well. This rogue win or lose. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ma- Malrang is a fantastic player, but I really do think that confidence is key and momentum is key. When he when he feels it, he's going to talk yeah. a lot. I watched every single voice comms they had this split. When he's behind and he's losing or he's a bit unsure where he yeah. is, he's very reserved. And I think Trimby really helps bring it out of him because he just nonstop talking. What's next plan? What are we doing, guys? Where are okay. we going? What's the, what's the idea? Uh, which is great. But in the best of five, you got to pick it up. Yeah. You can't just leave after the best of one and, and what I love, figure by out the, way, the time. I want to say thank you for uh, taking control of your podcast and then making us do predictions. I was going to do it later. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to push this in. I'm going to do the Fnatic G2 pod, uh, prediction Okay, first. you go ahead. Uh, I've, hopefully, producers listening. So I went 3-1 Rogue. Okay. Um, I think Fnatic are going to shit the bed and I think G2 are going to win. So it's going to be Rogue G2 in the upper bracket. I think so. I really do. Okay. So I was contrarian I on think, the first one. You've got this one. You can do the next one. <laughs> I think there is too much momentum and too much confidence on the Fnatic boys. And I think that G2, um, taking a page from what Namera was saying a little bit ago, the way that they've sort of evolved and grown and stabilized, I think they play to, to my eyes, is going to allow them this like clearness of what to do, how, how to keep Fnatic at arm's length. I think it's going to be a close series as well. I do think a three... It's either going to be three OG to completely shut them out, or it's going to be three two. They're going to go all the way to the end because they won't be able to execute their plans well. Okay, but, you but to, I just if you have, have this, to choose. <laughs> if I have to choose, I'm going to say G two three two against Fnatic. That'd be the best. Ooh, that would they, be the best I series really we could do. hope for. I, I really game. do, and I I also think that when it comes down to clutch and somebody's going to step up, I just have a lot of faith and confidence in Caps and Yankos to step up and lead the way. Despite all my com- my conversation mm. earlier about experience, I think G two is going to take this one. I feel gut instinct says three one fanatic. Um, I think that they're very comfortable in the way that they're playing the game right now. The one thing that could upset it is if the bot lane meta just completely flies out the window. Um, I've, I I I think I made a prediction when I was on desk actually when we were talking about oh you know who's more likely to win the the, the whole title thing is it going to be Fnatic or, or Rogue thing. or G2 I was like I, 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 I the, the title <laughs> the championship just the title thing yeah. you know, sometimes, really sometimes words are very hard yeah, I have a certain quota of words I use I'm running very low on them <laughs> but I feel like um, Fnatic are playing very close to the way that they want to play the game out in their ideal world and I think that they are very comfortable with the way they're doing that right now I feel like if the meta shifts towards giving more agency towards mid-jungle, so you can play through topside a lot more easily, I think that G2 have the stylistic advantage, but I think on current form, 3-1 Fnatic is where I'm sitting. So what I've learned about predictions over the last two years is sometimes you have to be a bit crazy. Now, this isn't a very good, big, big one to be crazy I on. I can but, confirm this, by the way. <laughs> but like you look at last year, I thought Rogue was going to win the split. They bomb yeah. out. They almost lost to Misfits. I don't know what's happening. My world's pickums. God knows what's going on in Group A. Like Sometimes the, the you just can't really go with the norm. I think this is a matchup where I'm, I don't know why, but Trevor's predictions are my predictions this time around. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've gonna, infected you. <laughs> I feel like it's a 3-2 to G2 as is, well. Is, is there something happening beyond the screen? Or? Yeah, I don't know if it's like the air or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say 3-2 G2. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like there's just a couple things that are like poking at Fnatic, which I think might make them struggle a bit against G2. Like one of them is the bot lane meta. I feel like yeah, one that's of them, the big one, really. The big one is definitely the bot lane meta. One of them is maybe how is Razor going to perform in mm-hmm. a playoffs uh, environment uh-huh. with Fnatic? Uh, how are they at adapting? And this is just gut one? instinct, right? Because yeah. like mm. it shouldn't, but intangibles yeah. and, matter. And I imagine I have this picture in my head of like 
G2 lose game one or they win game one or whatever. And Broken Blade, Caps and Dylan and Broken Blade are talking a lot about, you know, what went wrong and Yankos, you know, everyone's talking. And Flacken and Target Master, I think, are the personalities just sit there and be like, yep, yeah. yep, yep, okay, got it, you know. They're not going to be like, oh, I think there's, you know, I'm not sure about that. You know, I think that's really helpful because it's not a lot of opinions flying around. You know, right? I'm going to um, say something that's a bit mean here. Also, in terms of recency bias, in mm. terms of which coach has gone through more trials and tribulations as needed to rally the troops in a difficult situation, Dylan has significantly more experience but than Jacob Yamato. in, in oh, the but then you think to what? Yeah. recency bias. No, and please yeah. don't get me wrong, but there I, were some big dramas. What I will say is, yeah. I, as much as Fnatic have a lot of uh, you know voice or whatever, I think they will bring it better. I just I just favor G2 as well because there was a clip on Reddit, which was pretty funny. I don't know if you saw the oh, perks Oh, that's clip. it then. Clip on Reddit. <laughs> no, no, no. The perks clip where oh, perks yes. said, if Fnatic win the split, yes. Europe is the worst it's ever been. And Upset had the time. reply wow. as well, talking about scrims, um, no team plays on stage. Mickey replied to that. There's a lot of like Mickey saying you know he upset tweeted people don't play like they do in scrims and, uh, and mickey replies yeah get shit on you know we just yep. beat them in scrims and then uh you know there's a little bit of banter with upset saying you know jungle camping bot or whatever so you did what i did as well the only difference is you said it on the microphone i also had those clips informing <laughs> my prediction yeah so i forgot about those clips the main, so. thing is, the main thing is it is just a little bit of behind the curtain it's peering it's into it's peering into <laughs> stuff that you don't really put values on okay so you and I have got Rogue G2 in the upper bracket. You have got Rogue Fnatic in the upper bracket. We'll come no, back. I have Misfits Fnatic Misfits, in the sorry, upper bracket. M- Misfits Fnatic upper yeah. bracket. Okay, we'll have to write this down. It's funny though, because okay, okay. maybe Fnatic's like doing said, bad in scrims. I don't know okay. what's going on. We don't know. Um, okay, I want to move us on to the third matchup and then let's finish our brackets. And then I think we can start to wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. XL versus Vitality. How do they win? How do they lose? What's the stud? What's the dud? Oh, XL are in playoffs. So, Nymeria, you and I are no longer allowed to talk for a few minutes because Marcus Aurelius, mm-hmm. XL's first playoff mm-hmm. best of five. Yep. Nearly, what, 2,000 days since they started mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. LEC. Yeah, toss it to me now. Let's toss go. Me. Go for it. I think, they're gonna, I think they're going to get stomped. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think I think that it's... Uh, look, I'll be brutally honest. <laughs> you were very brutally yeah. honest. I think, I think it's uh, really hype and it's really awesome that they made it. But I do favor Vitality in this. I'll do my prediction later on. Um, yes, let's finish the conversation and then we drop it. But I think lane by lane, they're they're definitely a little bit outclassed. Uh, I think bot lane is definitely one role where they can take over. Um, mid lane can be even. But um, uh, I, I, I just... I can't... As much as I want to say XL have a chance, I can't go against like perks in best of fives i've yeah. done it before and i it's can't, really hard to do that i really yeah. can't do it again um if you look at it lane by lane i mean top lane i favor vitality of course i think alfari's laning is probably i mean it still is the yeah. best in the yeah. league um i think he's one of the best carries we have in europe i think when alfari's in form he's one of the tops i think of when who can like really put up a fight against uh some of the eastern top laners uh, alfari um I think Fnatic, uh, xl's drafts have been pretty good their last draft against Fnatic, i actually liked where they picked like lissandra into the blanc they played like a Jinx lane, of course, which was good. Finn was playing Camille into Jace and he was playing really well into that matchup. He was actually getting pushed and getting some jungle attention. The only problem is they were playing against like Zeri, Renata, so they were a bit outclassed by the release date diff, is what I like to call it. Um, where, <laughs> like you know, that. you have no clue what we'll the hell's going on. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, fa- I favor Vitality in this matchup. I think Marcoon is, Marcoon is a bit of a... I want, I want to say he's a stud of the dud, but he's the X factor to me because he is still so kind of fresh to the scene. And I've spoken to Markun a lot of the times and yeah. he is very, very, very strongly opinionated. Like he yeah. will say an opinion and he will 
will follow that, that opinion. Su- do you think that's surprising for a player with his experience? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. He is so convinced of his some some of the things that he says, which both is good and bad. Blessing and curse. Yeah, yes, yeah, both yeah. a blessing and curse. A lot of things are at the time in, in League of Legends. Um, but I think strongest point for XL bot lane definitely. Another big strong point for XL flexibility in mid lane, which is good. I think Nuke Dog can play basically anything you want to put him on that can counter whatever. Just not can, Sona, he, can he play it well? Yeah. That's the thing. Can he play it well? <laughs> will, will he get? Will, how how will perks you know play against that? Uh, and then Marcoon's just raw confidence. I've never seen so much confidence in a rookie in my life. Just speaking to him behind the scenes, like this guy does not give a shit, right? He is going to send it. So that could be another X factor for XL, but still, fear of vitality. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk then. I want you to give me your stud and dad before I jump to Nymera and Studs? focus on XL. Yeah. Uh, can I say bot lane, Patrick and Mickey? Is Go for stud? it. Why not? Because, um, it's your that- show. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> stud, stud, definitely Patrick and Mickey. Um, okay. Dud, as much as I hate saying Dud, I think it's probably Finn. Yeah. Um, I think he is probably, I don't want to say the weakest member of XL, but he's, he's the he player, has the hardest matchup. That's that, that's the whole thing. that The, the reason that I, I use that word is like, it's such a controversial, uh, you know, strong word to use, but then you have to justify why that mm. player is going to be there. And I think that's fair. You know, Finn, again, is one of the players that I was definitely going to go with Dud uh, in terms of the, the roster. The thing that I, th- I say Dud or like, he has the hardest matchup is a lot of the things that I thought Finn had this split, he didn't. Like right. his Irelia pick, I thought was his bread and butter. He comes out, it was it was yep. pretty weak. The Trindamir games, he's diving on tier one against Hirit, getting the uh, mistimed. He had an amazing Kled game. His Jace yeah. is okay. His Malphite game was great as well. But I feel like uh, Champion Pool has been a bit of a hit or miss for me on Finn because all of a sudden now I'm seeing I mean, him play Nar. And yeah. I, I don't know, I didn't know Finn could play Nar. That's crazy to me. I didn't know, I didn't think of him much as a Nar player, right? So um i think draft is gonna be very very important for xl um and just what kind of champions finn's been practicing i mean it's been a long break what where is he sitting what's he what's his plan in 12 hour is it a malphite angle is it a is it a jace angle so before you answer that question how do xl win and lose games okay so uh well, how like do they win and they lose games so i feel like xl towards the start of the split were very uh telegraphed about how they wanted to move around the map i think that actually to categorize xl as a team you're not necessarily looking at the draft and who their carry players are you're looking about actually how they rotate a lot of the time and early in the split they were pretty much always going for a level three level four top lane dive and it was very telegraphed and if it's telegraphed as a liability this is pre or post mickey? and this is pre-mickey, pre-mickey okay. and then post-mickey you start seeing them doing a little bit more around the map they can uh, i think that the crazy game that we cast when they were against vitality that um with the uh, the hex flash jungle against yes. and stuff like that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they rolled with the punches incredibly well. Um, and I don't think that's something that they would have done pre Mickey as well. I think that they've built on that. I think they've plateaued again in terms of how diverse what they're showing is is particularly in terms of the champion picks. If we're going to bring it back into that draft. So I feel like we have two sides of the coins in this whole matchup where Vitality have. Shown as more stuff, but they need to refine it. I think Excel, however, are more refined at what they're doing, but they need to show as more stuff. And I think that's going to oh, be a like real that. that's going to be a real sticking point in best of five because you've got to go the length of the series. Best of one's one thing, but lasting against multiple uh, multiple games against a team of so many uh, strong laners and strong individuals is difficult. And to again, do. experience will once again play yep. a huge factor in my mind in this matchup because, like Kedra was saying, going against perks in a BO five is uh, it's rough <laughs> difficult because of the impact he has on the entire team. Um, two smaller sides. Uh, Nar has been played seven times by Finn professionally all time. He's only won two of those games. So that's not know, many wins. That's not many at and all. And one of them was uh, week eight. Correct, right? So not exactly known for it. Um, now let's turn our attention to Vitality. I mean, you know, a uh, quick stats had to come out in the podcast, uh, didn't standard, you? Standard. Yeah. You I saw I, you. Little, we don't, like, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a crappy graphic for it. I'm, I feel. I feel like I've been robbed of no, something. I, I don't know where the conversation's going. I can't prep for it. Also, huge apologies to everyone listening. I think I like banged and touched the mic about twelve times already. I'm not used to. Oh, this you, so you're the percussion section. I, I am the right. percussion section. 
No mirror, vitality. Hello. I think um I think to everybody's uh eyes and opinion here, we're gonna be heavy favorites, right? But let's also be frank, vitality. Let's be brutally frank, brutally Vitality shit the bed versus their expectations yeah. in spring. Very right? much so. They are they are the team that has underperformed the most and compared to previous. Even in week eight, when I really expected them to stand up and shine, mm. they once again shit the bed. Right? So have they shat the bed enough? I'll stop saying after this, and apologies to the producers, um, to give you any real doubt in this matchup, because I think it's fair to say for the rest of playoffs, there is enough mm. doubt to question for the other teams. But mm. for this matchup, is there enough uh, doubt? Well, I think that if this was the LCK kind of thing, where you have three days to prepare for your first playoffs match or whatever, I would be saying, look, they're out. I mean, at this point, I don't think they've got enough time to turn around um, a lot of very fundamental issues. With a couple of weeks, though, I think that there's a chance that they can address them and come but back a little stronger. But that's bold. You're saying with three days prep, you would have you would have predicted XL over Vitality. If I, if I would have done the same actually. I, I think Ooh. that I think I would yeah, say XL yeah. would be. That's Vitality way more doubt than prep. I was expecting for yeah. that setup. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that XL actually, if you if you took it straight off of week eight, I think yeah, that from XL, Wednesday, like we yeah, finished yeah. weekend on yeah, Sunday, that, they play I, Wednesday. I, I, yeah. I would I would have put a, cl- a three. One three two to Excel. You know, it's not going to be like a sweep, but they, but I think they. I actually I think, did not expect. That. Um, okay. I think that you give them a couple of weeks though, and I think that Vitality can start addressing some of their longer term issues. I think one of them was um, something that we brought up mid split in terms of there were a couple of plays where Vitality have clear information of where jungle support are, and they're doing nothing with that information, walking blindly into a play where you'll see. Um, I think it was Astralis when they beat Vitality the first time around. Um, Selfmade was like going to counter gank top, thinking it would be a 2v2. And there's a support there because they just forgot to factor that in. And that kind of uh, issue with information flow, and that, I'm not going to say it's like, oh, their communication's poor, because we can't tell that, right? No. Again, we don't know what's happening in the from communication. What you perceive. But from what we're, what we're um, inferring, they're not using the information they have particularly well. With a couple of weeks off to actually sit down and say, hey, look, this has been an issue for a while. Let's actually sit down and like start um, dissecting this. I think that there are some big gains they can get um, with that kind of break. And actually kind of bringing that back to another example of when we've seen this work out was Perks last year in Cloud9. Because Cloud9 last year had some issues within um, their jungle and their solo lanes combining. And we saw that Blabber did the infamous yep. uh, the, the, the Scuttle Crab at yeah. MSI versus DFM. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny how it always comes back to them. Uh, but, uh, Only then, for you, then, then they, Only they for quite... you. The rest of the world, it doesn't always come back to them. <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. you might be on to something. But um, with a couple of weeks off before they got into uh, Worlds Play-ins, they managed to actually have a pretty good glow up at that point. Of course, they still had some other issues, yeah. but you can see that um, because there's such a there's a rise and fall to a season of League of Legends in terms of how much time and how much effort you got to put in at different points, so you're not burning out, and how much you can address. I feel like Vitality at this point have a golden opportunity to address a lot of issues to actually come in pretty strong. They, they have three weeks now to brush it up, figure out what they're up to. And if uh, if this is not enough time for them to figure it out, then this team is just not yeah, good, if, right? If they don't do it now, they they won't. Yeah, yeah this, te- this ship will never sail if it's not getting out of the harbor now, right? So they need to they need to they need to win this series if they want to show and prove to everyone that these players this team actually does work, which everyone's been promising. Because this is a team where it's like if you vote for Vitality in this playoffs, I think you're playing with fire. Actually, yeah. um, I think you're really looking playing with fire votes. because <laughs> huh? just looking at my votes here, it's like hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because honestly. There's a very high chance they just don't show up and, I don't know, everything falls apart there. I mean, communication is a very good point Mm -hmm. they brought up. I think their top jungle communication, the whole split, was just poor overall. Um, Like, you have times where self-mates going top on Alfari's waves and there's not much to do there. Or he's trying to cover, but the enemy team's got too many numbers there. Or they're just losing straight up 2v2s on top side of the river. I remember against SK, they were losing the 2v2s. Um, So they could show up, could be a quick 3-0. Vitality's back, happy days. Um, Or it could just be Vitality never... 
never showed never up. Never gets at all. going. I was saying the bot lane meta thing helps Vitality quite a lot because I don't think they look comfortable in Jinx Felios at all. Yep. Um, if that starts to lose priority, um, I think that XL have done very well on that front. I think Vitality have well, they'd be happy if they could play a bit more Ezreal, a bit more other kind of champions lore on that. So I feel like um, if there is going to be a meta shift advantage, that goes to Vitality as well in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now the very, very unenviable task. Stud and dud for Vitality. Uh, I've got to go look through this and think, because each of them could be an argument for this. Um, I feel like Perks is the stud currently for Vitality. Um, it could be him or it could be Alfari, but I feel like and Alfari... I think this is, it's fair to say this is going to be based on history more than spring. I, I, I think yeah, that's a defendable yeah, statement right I mean, now. I mean, if you're going off of week eight, I think... Le Labrov and Perks had had a good week eight. Um, Who's your dad? Uh, good luck, Alex. I think I gotta say Kazi. I think Kazi. I wanted a lot more from him. I think that again, he's not flourished in the meta. Um, oh, but is it for this series? Who's the dud? It's this series. This series. Who's going to be your dad? Crap. Kajal's got his answer while you're thinking. I can see it um, in your yeah. eyes. <laughs> I think the stud is, I mean, it's Vitality's bot lane. It's either, I mean, you can say cards, you can say bot lane in general, because in this series, I think that's the, the hardest matchup they have is XL's yeah. bot lane. I think Patrick mm. and Mickey is probably, I think you could argue the third best bot lane in the league right they're now. They're up there, yeah. Uh, because they're definitely up there. Stud is probably perks. It's about time. I mean, the thing is with perks is, we talk about flexibility. We saw Akshan Yasuo games. We've seen Galio rise zillion games. Yep. We've seen mage games. We've seen games against G2 where Perks is up 100 CS on caps in 25 minutes, where he's down CS playing mm -hmm. Zillion. He's playing Galio and he's never really in the game whatsoever. The thing, the thing with Perks is that I think you're building up to and start to cut you off is that when things get serious, like they are now in a BO5, Perks is the player that steps up mm. and has done so almost irregardless of situations. And that point actually makes me bring back the Fnatic G2 because Humanoid is the exact same. Okay. Humanoid, when the stakes are on the line, mm. he is on it. Well, your prediction's locked in. But my prediction is not can't be changed, bro. You can't, can't flip-flop. Wow, so I do not flip-flop. The air is so nice, this okay. side of the screen. <laughs> so listen, we're, we're, we're running towards the culmination of our Playoffs Primer edition here. So let's go <laughs> predictions. Since I've gone first for all the others, I will go first again. Um, I was extremely shocked at how adamant the two of you were that had um, Vitality played Axel immediately after Super Week, they would have lost. That really, really, really caught me off guard. Um, I also want to say that I've never once bought into the fact that Vitality were a super team. I think the definition was not clearly defined to public wide. So I don't think of them as a super team, first of all. And secondly, even if they were, I know they've coming. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't now. <laughs> they aren't now at all. What I will say is they have managed to get into playoffs where they can define whether or not their super team success story or shit the bed story is defined over the next few weeks. Excel is not going to be good enough to shut them down. And I do not believe in Excel's ability to prep to actually stop them. So I think Vitality win this clean 3-0. And I don't think they do particularly well, depending on who I'm going to match them up with in the bracket mm, later. I think that's but, where our playoffs prediction is slightly different. Because I think it's going to be probably a 3-2 to Vitality. Okay. I think this oh, is going to be I'm a close... Oh, I'm going to fill it out then. 3-1. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I think this is going to be a close cut. I think so Excel... we know this means they lose, right? If the three of us are predicting yeah. a Vitality win, they get eliminated I in round a, one. I have a feeling this could go to five games. I don't think XL is a bad team. You know, I think like across the board, the Cutter players is, is decent. Their team play is not bad. Their drafting is... I think it's exceptionally well if they're preparing enough. Like they need to prepare very hard the, for this the series. The fundamentals are really good. That's um, my big I think like, positive. Yeah, form. Mickey really did upgrade this this team a lot. You know, yeah. it's like Elden Ring where you get like you know the the talisman it. where it I'll gives you like plus five in all attributes. <laughs> that's basically what like you know or something like that. You know, that's so what Mickey X did for them. We we actually we I think we shortchanged Mickey versus Perks. We didn't even touch on that. Like 
you know, well, that's a narrative thing. It, it is a little it, bit, right? But like, we like just acknowledge that it's here. Trevor we loves spend time in. Of course, I love narrative <laughs> too. Actually, now I'm. But, I'm but now, the okay, got to you. <laughs> but now, okay, so so we're all leaning vitality. Do yep. you think it's fair to jump on the rogue bandwagon here and say if vitality lose this game, it is going to be at their own hands, or do you think XL can take it from them? Do you know what I mean? Like the perspective of how that can. Play uh, out? Yeah, it's on vitality to lose it. I think. I, I think hundred percent because they sometimes like burn the stick at two, both ends, right? Like yeah. they're just going for way too like. Yes, the last time XL played against Vitality, they put their bot lane mid with Vayne Leona, I think it was, and then they hover topside while their Jace is getting full Mandove, and it's just, I don't know if it's communication or they expected it not to happen. Um, the one question I do have is, let's say Vitality or XL win. Yes. Uh, let's say Misfits lose. Well, we're well I didn't if you're going to do a bracket, okay, <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not the whole bracket, but okay, who, who would be their match four opponent? It depends on the lowest it, seed. It would be yeah. the lowest Mis seed. Because Who's the Misfits, seed? Because Misfits were fourth. They're, okay, so it would be Misfits. Uh, so correction, correction, correction. G2 were fourth. G2 were fourth. Yeah. Misfits were third. So yes. you're telling me, let's say, L hypothetically, we'll, Misfits and G2 we'll lose. We'll build the bracket out. Okay, so so now we're moving on. This is mm. awesome. Okay, so we got up just four producers. 3-0, 3-1, 3-2. Yeah. Vitality win was the predictions. I think we'll do only those for now. Now we'll do a quick bracket run out and then we'll... Yeah, we don't have to do the whole thing. Debate. I was just curious who Vitality could play. So in the, the first way round. that it does work, I whoever is the lowest seed mm. from the, the the upper bracket loses, which means G two is the lowest, then Misfits. Yeah, I didn't know right. if it was Misfits if it was the, the lowest because I, I thought to myself, surely they went. So fourth, I'll try right? to I'll try to build this out, and I'm gonna ask Namir if you can write this down because I made it a visual aid here. Yeah, I, I, I said, I've done my bracket. I'll do you. I said Rogue are gonna beat Misfits. Yeah, right. So that Misfits gonna go down. I also said G two are gonna beat Fnatic. Right. Okay. So that means I will have Misfits on the. Uh, first round match in round two. So you said that who would beat uh, G2? <laughs> G2. 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 Okay, yes. right. So, so in the upper bracket, I've got Rogue versus G2. Yeah. Right. Then in the lower bracket, it would be Misfits versus Vitality. Vitality. You've got Vitality. Are we trusting the child to write? I'm sorry. My handwriting is very bad. How old are you? I'm 25. 25. Still yeah. a child. Oh, I'm sorry. halfway to 70, gents. That's, that's how old I am. Okay. Okay. So okay got... And then I would have. Um, so then that matchup, yeah, will be Rogue G2. And you've got. Yeah, you've got Rogue G2. For on podcast the land, they're drawing out. Okay. Misfits, on the Misfits versus Vitality. And uh, yeah, and, and streaming streaming it all out. to podcast. I'll, 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 I'll hold it up to the camera. So oh, this the, is so yeah. hard. We probably should just do this off end with graphics <laughs> instead. Okay. I'm going to say that Misfits will beat Vitality. Yes. Misses will okay. be Correct. Vitality. Vitality, and they will yeah. then face off against Fnatic. Uh, Fnatic, yeah. Yep. They will lose to Fnatic. Okay. Then Fnatic will run the gauntlets. So who's winning out of Rogue G2? Because that's what Rogue beat G2 and are in the finals. And then you have Fnatic, then Fnatic G2 run the again. And I still I okay. say Fnatic, I say Fnatic Wing Spring. And my logic and my reasoning for this, I think they are the best team in our brackets. I do think there are. Uh, there's their own ego that could trip them mm. up. It'll happen in round one, and then they get serious, get angry, and run the bracket. But you two take the. I think we'll make a graphic yeah. for these predictions, to make it easier. But I think a better way we could do it just say if you had to say one team to win the split, yeah. who would it be? Yeah, that that was um, smart. That was smart. Mm. You can see I, I I don't do this a lot. <laughs> I've said Fnatic. You heard my I just horrible. Saw, wait, can we just show this? Really all I can sure. see was oh my God, drawing sorry. all over yeah, these notepads. So, like. so this is this. Oh my, this is so bad. So this is this is yeah. This is this is my one. This is Trevor's, and this is my. Do you think I'm going to yeah. get invited back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. So? Yeah. Okay. I hope so, so. I'll see you again. What yeah. is this going? <laughs> you guys can come back one. Maybe when COVID's gone, we can have like a five menu for so it. So the you know? question yeah. was, who's going to win? Who's your one team and why? I think it's Fnatic. Um, or is it? Oh, no. All, 
all of my all of my different thought processes are starting the to clash The fun part now. of predicting before you see them in playoffs Correct. whatsoever. And exactly. Know what they're going to do with the patch. No. All the Because um, so I think that, so just to kind of flash out my team first, team first, team first, team, 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 pressure, uh, pressure, team. Who wins? Uh, um, uh, 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 Fnatic, sure. I'll say G2. <laughs> <laughs> You make it seem so. You make it sound so easy. Um, yeah. Where, well, I mean, you've got nothing to lose. You don't have to overthink it, right? That's true. You have where very is, little okay, information. I'm going to ask you: Where is the doubt in Fnatic winning, and Matt where is the confidence in G2 winning? It's it's matter change. It's whether they can still use all of this groundwork they've set to play around bot lane. Is that actually going to be applicable in playoffs? I think they're the. I think G2 is the one team who can actually play topside really well. And when they're very doing true. it, they play yeah. the best out of all the teams. And is playing topside the best right now? Probably not. But with this meta shift, is playing topside the best? Maybe it could we'll be. Find out. So it's a bit of like a, a risky pick, I would say. But I think you've gotten really good at hedging your bets in prediction games. Yeah. Well done. Well, it's weird like because it. normally in these, uh, like in the in the bets and all the bets we do on Euphoria, I've lost every single one apart yeah. from this XL one. So maybe 2022 is my bounce back year for That's the, the bets. first time I saw <laughs> playoffs as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we we sold them out. Um, okay, look, that about does it. We've, we've had our time, had a bit of fun. Um, I hope Dracos gets well soon. Um, Kedril, thank you for letting us join you. It was um, a pleasure. Happy birthday once again. Congrats on the badass tattoo. Thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, you. I love the haircut. That, thank you for. I'm trying. I'm going. I have uh, He does look like Henry Cavill. I I'm, do think you do. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's such a lie, but I will no, take no, no. it. I'm very excited to cast playoffs. Of course, they do start this Friday. Um, wherever you're going to be watching, lolesports.com. We'll see you soon. Peace. Peace. Yay.